Encounters students. I hope you enjoyed worship, and I'm so excited for us to dive into the Word with one another. I'm here with our worship leader again, Cassidy Neal. <laughs> hey, guys. And we are also here with you, and you are a part of our conversation. You are a part of this moment, and even so, not just there, but here. So we just want to remind you, you are here. You are present. This is our tangible representation that we are having a conversation with right. one another. And today our conversation is going to be wrapped around Easter because if you do not know, it is Passion Week. So we are reflecting on the week that is leading up to the death of Jesus, but ultimately his resurrection. And so we are reflecting on um, different themes and topics that Easter brings forth for us. But before we get into it, um, I just want to encourage you to how you can participate in the rest of Passion Week. So Friday at 7, for Good Friday, we are going to be having a service online on Facebook Live or YouTube Live with Livonia Church of God. Make sure you are following Livonia Church of God on YouTube or Facebook. And so as you have your Easter box that should be in your house somewhere, there is communion cups. You are going to need those communion cups for Friday service. And if you don't have it, that's okay. You are able to make substitutes so that you and your family can still participate in communion. And then also Sunday, Sunday's the big day because it is never before happened, hopefully never happens again, <laughs> maybe. No, it's been good. Um, but in the past 2,000 years, this has never happened where all the churches are having Easter online. And Livonia Church of God is one of them. So we want to make sure you do not miss it. So at 11 o'clock on Easter Sunday, we will be having our Easter service on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, again, under Livonia Church of God. So that means you got to dress up for Easter in your living room, put on your best pajamas, put on your best whatever, and make sure that you capture, yeah, brush your hair, uh, actually wash your hair, leave the dry shampoo on the counter, and... Take a picture, take an Easter picture and make sure you tag it Livonia Church of God. Yeah. And so in that, we are excited about Easter and the benefits that Easter makes us the children of God. We become right, one people. Right. We become the family of God. And so to know one another even better, we have to build relationship. And so we're going to go back to what we did last week and we're going to break out our let's be honest cards. Mm -hmm. So we're going to answer our question and guess what? You're going to answer your question. So make sure you comment down below. Make sure you answer it. Make sure you text us, text your keep group leaders. Yeah. You are already watching on YouTube or Facebook, so make sure you pick up your phone. You can text us. Just text us right now. Tell yeah. us your answer because we would love to hear it. So, okay, Cassidy, let's get started. All right. Let's be honest. Zach, what is the last thing that inspired you? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, mm -hmm. what's the last thing that inspired me? Good positivity. Yes, that's good positivity of that. Um, I, on Monday night... Uh, a mentor of mine who is plant, he and his wife are planting a church in St. Louis, Missouri, mm -hmm. and they're still in that pre-launch phase. And they had an Instagram live with another couple that had already planted a church. And it was kind of Q&A, it was kind of a discussion, but it felt so real and it felt so authentic that it really inspired me to bring realness to whatever I do online and, and, and digital, making sure right. that I keep people right. in, in focus and in and in mind, I have students that I'm thinking of in my mind as I'm looking at the the phone right now. And I've even shared with you who you are when I'm thinking of it. Of, <laughs> I've even texted them like, hey, guess what? I'm thinking of you as I was <laughs> recording this. Um, and I still have that thought today. 
And so it really inspired me because it felt like just a casual conversation yeah. that I was listening to their, I was at a dinner table with them, just listening to their conversation. Yeah. And as someone that likes to sit back and listen to other people's conversations, mm -hmm. it was really enjoyable for me. So it inspired yeah. me to, to have a little bit more of that um, in my life and in, in what we do here. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good answer. All right, Cass. <laughs> Let's be I'm honest. Nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. How would you describe me to a stranger? How I would describe you? Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I would describe Pastor Zach and friend Zach both. Um, have a great style, great sense of style, very trendy. Um, up with today's whatever I guess you could say Thanks. and more importantly you're an intelligent and loving pastor so oh thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> I'm uncomfortable like <laughs> I don't like being complimented um so okay so here's y'all's question so let's be honest remember put it in the comments below text us text your keep group leaders let's be honest what do you need to forgive yourself for so if you can't see it, what do you need to forgive yourself for? Um, and so make sure you let us know, because really this is what is wrapped up in our um, conversation today, right, right. is the idea of ultimately forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge theme of Easter. So as you're answering that, Cassidy, why don't you jump in and, and let's get diving into these All questions. Right. Okay, let's get started, guys. So... Um, to begin with, in the Easter narrative, you have many themes that are evident, um, including betrayal, triumph, mm -hmm. suffering, loyalty, and also forgiveness. And in the Easter narrative, you um, you have the obvious, re really well-known names. Of course, Jesus is one of those, but mm -hmm. also another one is Judas. Mm -hmm. And Judas, if you don't know, um, recognized Jesus, he identified him with a kiss on the cheek in return for 30 pieces of silver. Mm -hmm. And um, he betrayed Jesus in that. And also, it wasn't only Judas. He, was, he wasn't he was random. He was a close friend, and he was yeah. a disciple. Yeah. And not only did Judas, Judas do it, but it was also Peter. So yes. as individuals, how do we handle betrayal? How do we handle betrayal, and how do we handle when we betray God? Yeah, I think that is... One of the major themes, I think, of the Easter narrative and the account is this idea of betrayal. Yeah. And for me, I one of my favorite things and, and what I'll probably at some point hopefully dive deeper into is is this idea of counseling. So I really like the psyche and the emotional aspect right, right. Of, of what people are feeling and the connections for their experiences. And I look at it... And I think, like, sometimes we dehumanize Jesus. Like, I, I think yeah. I do. Like, I think I yeah. dehumanize Jesus a lot. That's understandable, though. Because he's God. Like, we, we obviously identify him as God. But I do think, like, when I read that narrative, and even when, like, even as I've been reading the, the passion text in, in the Bible this week, I find myself disconnecting Jesus from his emotions. Yeah. And I could imagine that... It, and especially when, when you said that, like, these just weren't random people. No. These were, like, his closest friends. These were the, these were, these were Jesus's people. These yeah. were Jesus's people, and it was the ones that he invested so much of his life for. Mm -hmm. And to experience that betrayal, that blatant betrayal 
by Judas. And, and if you know the biblical text and you know the life of Judas and Judas' Judas's relationship with Jesus, Judas never seemed to be fully 100% in on the whole Jesus thing. He always had these like weird comments and, and these weird observations that kind of showed that his heart wasn't closely yeah. related to Jesus's. Right. And he wasn't necessarily picking up the cues. Given, I don't think all of the disciples did, I think they <laughs> were a mess just as much as we are. Yeah. But Judas seemed to be the one that really sticks out. And it may be because the text emphasizes it, because hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty. But it is kind of this... Ju- Judas was already on the edge of it, but Peter... Peter was one of the close ones with Judas, uh, with Jesus. G- Peter was one of that core three that Jesus always had around. And Peter's wasn't necessarily such a blatant betrayal. Mm-hmm. It was almost a behind-the-back betrayal. Yeah. And it was a pressured betrayal. And so I can only imagine how Jesus feels in that, in that situation. I can yeah. only imagine... The hurt be that that I know like how many limited people I have in my life and and how even smaller my close friend group is, and to experience a betrayal that isn't just like oh they're a bad friend they make bad relationship choices they make like it's so much deeper. It's so much more. Yeah, it, it is like so much more. Death. Like it's and it's a life and death. <laughs> life it's and literally death. going. Hey, you know what? That's my friend. Uh, why don't you kill him? And you know what? Here's like here's thirty pieces of silver. Here's here's like twenty bucks. Like it, I can't imagine, I can't imagine. the deep wound of yeah. that. And Jesus approaches it so graciously, mm-hmm. like so graciously. As 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 Cassie's probably picked up on on my life, I can be someone that has a hard time when I've really been hurt have have a hard time letting go of those hurts yeah. and letting go of those thoughts or those feelings and and seeing that person as that that can be such a hindrance in my life and such a difficulty yeah but what really spoke to me as I was as as we were talking about this beforehand um what really spoke to me is is Jesus later on in in really we don't find out like the text I always go back to in, in Passion Week is, is Luke. I always love the mm-hmm. book of Luke. But in, in John, we see that uh, at the very end of, of, of John, in John chapter 21, Jesus and Peter kind of had this reconciliation. Mind you, Jesus has already died. Jesus has already rose again, and Jesus has already reappeared. And Jesus has kind of this, um, this reconciliation with Peter because could you imagine Peter's emotions? Like, can you imagine how Peter is, is feeling? Like, that was his best friend. Mm-hmm. And, and he's denying him. But um, what Jesus says to him is when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replies, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. And Again, Jesus says, Simon, do, son of John, do you love me? And, and Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. And then for the third time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, mm. do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and, when you, and weared what you wanted. 
But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. And Jesus later emphasizes that follow me. And I'm struck by that because, as we know, Peter denied Jesus three times. But in this moment, Jesus goes, changes the narrative of for every denial that Peter spoke, Jesus says, do you love me? Mm -hmm. And Peter says, yes, I love you. And so how do we approach betrayal it it really comes down how do we approach when we betray jesus and when we betray god like how do we deal with that it simply comes back to returning back to love yeah of going i know that i hurt you i know that i violated you i know that what i did was awful but jesus i love you and what jesus says is follow me feed my sheep be Mm -hmm. be a part of communion like i'm not throwing you out and that's what i think i love about jesus so much is he doesn't throw us away. Mm-mm. And when we are willing to come back to him and willing to engage, when, when Jesus and Peter had this sit down, a private conversation, it was something so powerful and something so impactful mm-hmm. that it led to reconciliation. And something that, that I read in Luke, it's Luke chapter 22, verse 31 to 34, this is talking about, in it's a precursor and kind of a foreshadowing of, of Peter's betrayal. And, and in it, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked you to sit, uh, to looks to sift you like wheat. See, Satan has asked to sift him like wheat, sift Peter like wheat. And this is kind of echoing what happens with Job. If you mm-hmm. go back to the Job narrative, it's kind of echoing that. And it says, but I have prayed for you. Jesus, wow. it's prayed for us. Like, isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Like, that amazes me that when Satan has asked, can I sit you like wheat? Just like Job's life, he goes, okay. Like, okay, test his faith. And, but Jesus goes, but I have prayed for you. Mm-hmm. But I have prayed for you. Yeah. And so if Jesus prays for you, I think everything's going to be all right. <laughs> You're going to be good. <laughs> but it says, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Right. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. In this, in his words, have so much power in how to deal with betrayal. Jesus knew that there was going to be betrayal. He, he already knew this beforehand because it says in language, he says, and when you turn back, like when you turn back, because I know you're going to turn away, mm-hmm. when you turn back, that you are going to strengthen your brothers. And this becomes such a foreshadowing before Peter even fell. Jesus already prayed for him and interceded on his behalf. And he said that I've prayed for you and that, Simon, that your faith will not fail you. So Peter had a faith crisis. Peter denies Jesus. But Jesus said, your faith isn't going to fail. And we see it wrapped back in in John chapter 21, that there is this reconciliation, this I love you is being transpired, which is so deep, which right, is right. which is so deep that Jesus says, you know what, you can have moments of betrayal, and we do. We have moments yeah. where we hurt Jesus and we and we hurt the Father, but He's prayed for us, and that He's prayed that our faith won't fail us, but that we will turn back to Him. Mm-hmm. Our no, I don't know that man that Peter was echoing turns back into yeah, you know that I love you, and guess what? He says that you will strengthen the brethren that you would strengthen your brothers. 
which becomes Peter's Peter's mission in Acts, mm-hmm. that Peter becomes the one that is like the forefront of, of the, the Christian church and the move of, of the Spirit of God in relation to, to God being on the move and the church being established. So even before he was going to fail, what, what became Peter's faltering in his faith really became the, the entryway for his mission. Yeah. And so he... Peter has this moment of denial, and I'm sure Peter felt that that hurt because they were friends. They were they were close friends, and and yeah. I know what it feels like when I've betrayed a friendship. Like, yeah, it's that guilt, that shame, and for Jesus to come back, them to have that reconciliation, and I could imagine Peter's love for Jesus was a lot more than what it was before. Yeah, I would imagine that he loved him a whole lot more than what he did be did prior because they had this moment of I failed. And I'm reconciled, and now we are getting to move on. Yeah. And now, what was my faltering? The thing that tested my faith, the the moment that the enemy tried to sift me out like weed, became the thing that propelled me into my mission. And so I think there's always a bright side, and Jesus is the one that gives mm-hmm. us the bright side yeah. of us betraying, us betraying God. He always works something out for our good. Mm-hmm. He always works that situation for our benefit. I completely agree, and I really loved your point about how um, Jesus Jesus handled the whole thing so graciously. You yeah. know, as flesh, it's hard for us to understand because if somebody betrayed me, like you were saying, personally, it's hard to just recover from that because mm-hmm. you want to have that in your brain, you want to have that in your heart, and whenever you see that person, it's like, oh, you did this, but Jesus did not. Yeah. He stepped back, and he was very gracious, and that leads us to our next point is um, Jesus did not only experience persecution from his friends, but he was also beaten and he was mocked. And eventually he even went to be before Pilate Mm -hmm. and Pilate put him before a crowd with a guy named Barabbas who was a murderer and let the crowd choose who will go free. And who did they choose? They chose Barabbas, the murderer, Mm -hmm. to go free instead of Jesus the only innocent and perfect one. Yes. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense, but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. like you yeah. said, um, So our question about that is going to be, how do you think Jesus processed that emotionally? And how would, how would he even do that? You know, just how do yeah. you walk through that? Yeah, and I think it... I think a part of the Easter story, like we know that Jesus was beaten, whipped. We've watched... Some of us have watched The Passion of the Christ. Right, We've watched right. those gory... Um, moments and those gory scenes of Jesus ripped apart but I think so much more and I think I can attest to it like more than a flesh wound an emotional wound hurts longer and it hurts more and hurts deeper it cuts into our our soul and I look at this because Jesus Jesus knows he's 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 good Jesus knows he's innocent it's so ironic because they are accusing Jesus of blasphemy but in accusing him of blasphemy, they are actually blaspheming God. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus is God. And he's saying, I am God. And they're saying, you're not God. That's blasphemous. But they're saying, you're not God to God, which is blaspheming God. <laughs> and it, it always, like, how frustrating. Yeah. Like, how, wake up. like, <laughs> wake up, pay attention. And given that's all a part of his plan... But he gets right, to right. this this moment of where he is innocent, 
And Barabbas, this man, is a murderer. Like, he is not innocent. Not at all. <laughs> and Pilate, Pilate who senses Jesus' innocence, mm -hmm. is going, okay, now you two decide. You can either have Jesus, this man who you say is causing riots and causing an uproar, or you can take this man, or we can release this man, Barabbas, who is a murderer. <laughs> and you all decide. And what do they say? They say, crucify him, crucify him. We want like, the murderer. <laughs> we want, like, give us Barabbas. And I would imagine in that moment, Jesus, although it's hard, I'm sure yeah. that rejection, I think there's a moment of, of pride within him. Yeah. I think there's a moment of like, I guess being teary-eyed because it becomes, because Jesus sees the whole picture. Mm -hmm. He sees the whole picture. He sees that, that I'm Barabbas. He sees that Cassidy's Barabbas. Right. He sees that Anthony or Crystal or, mm -hmm. or Karen or Josh um, or David is Barabbas. Mm -hmm. And we stand, it's, it's almost a picture as if we stand with Jesus before God and before the Father on in, in judgment. And it goes, okay, God, you can either have the one that is completely innocent or you can have the, the sinner. You can have the one that is filthy, broken down, in the words of Joyce Myers, like busted and disgusted. And what does God do? God goes, I'll take, I'll take Zach. I'll take Cassidy. I'll take I'll take David. I'll take I'll take Shelley over the innocent. And get, guess what? It doesn't mean it does not mean that Brabus was not guilty. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that Brabus was not guilty of his sin. It didn't mean that Brabus was not a murderer. But God is so gracious that in our guilt, he still looks at us and he goes, "Not guilty." Mm -hmm. He says, "Not guilty. You go away free." And so when that becomes an echo of what later happens and what Jesus' whole purpose is, is to reconcile us to the Father. And so although I'm sure there's moments of frustration, the human side of Jesus is probably right, like, this right. is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how could you possibly pick this murderer? But I think what's beautiful about it is that the God side and the, the sovereign side of mm -hmm. Jesus goes, mm -hmm. yeah. take a look. Like... Take a look at this and learn a lesson. Write this down because in 2,000 years, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh, hmm. I'm Barabbas. Yeah. Like, I'm Barabbas. I'm the one who was guilty. Mm -hmm. And we, we know, even the, even the text says that, that if Jesus wanted to get out of it, he could have brought in a swarm of angels to rescue him. Mm -hmm. But he sat there through this whole process. And he suffered. And he, and he suffered from it. He, at this point, he's beaten up. He's been mocked. He's been ridiculed. He's been betrayed by his best friends. He's isolated. He's lonely. And in this moment, he should be the one say, being told, yeah, go free. Go free. Mm -hmm. But in his sovereignty, he goes, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no, you go free. Like, I'm innocent, but my death is going to mean so much more than the death of someone that's already guilty. Mm -hmm. And what an example of love. So how do, you think Jesus, how do you think Jesus emotionally processed it? I think maybe that was a moment of a glimmer of love, a yeah. glimmer of hope, of going, 
this is worth it. This is a moment that I think it becomes that an extra push for him because Jesus did in the garden go like, if it's not your will, let this cup pass from me, God. Mm-hmm. But if it's your will, let it be. And I think this could have been one of those um, checkpoints that Jesus goes, okay, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Yeah. That the guilty get let go for free. The, that the guilty get to go away and walk away with a label that says not guilty and innocent. Right. And ultimately that's where we're at, is being able to walk guilt-free and walk away innocent. Yeah. I often don't think of it in that perspective mm-hmm. either. I'm usually, it's just the way we portray God in that and the way we portray Jesus in that is not always, you know, like a glimmer of love in yeah. that moment. You know, you would think that it would be frustration and... But God is not frustration. That's not who He is. Yeah, love. exactly. And so that's just, that is so powerful. So yeah. um, Jesus would go on to be crucified and then rose again three days later. Mm-hmm. And this is the narrative of Easter that we celebrate. So what does that mean for us at this point? Yeah, I think we've already kind of been dabbling into this question of what does Easter mean for us? Right. And Easter means salvation. Easter means that my name gets changed. Mm -hmm. Easter means that Cassidy's name gets changed. It means that that um, that Candace's name gets changed and and Austin's names gets changed. It means that that we are no longer called Adam as in Adam like the sinful man Adam, but we get to be called the righteousness of God. Right. That Jesus lived a perfect sinless life a perfect example of a life that is not offensive towards God and that he was wrongfully accused, wrongfully murdered, hanged on a, hanged on a tree and put in a tomb. And three days later, that three days later, he, he rose again with the keys to death, hell, and the grave that what? That we may be the children of God. Mm-hmm. And this always brings me back to this, this question and, and who we are and who we become. And the meaning of Easter always brings me back to um, Romans 8, 14 to 17. So maybe you're there, maybe you're not there. Um, or you may want to write it down and, and put it to the side. But Romans 8, 14 to 17 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Those that, given this is, this is post-Jesus, now we're getting into Paul's writing, mm-hmm. that those who are led by the Spirit of God, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, those that have come into a covenant relationship with Jesus are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. We are no longer slaves to sin so that you will live in fear again. It says we're not going to live in fear again. Rather... Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonships and daughterships. Mm -hmm. Is that the spirit of God that was put inside of us because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of the cleansing power, because he died for my sins that I may be made right before God, that I have been given the ability to be adopted as a child of God. And by him, we cry, by the spirit of God, we cry, Abba, Father. We no longer have to look at Jehovah, the God of the Old Testament and God of the New Testament and go, that's God and tremble and fear. But I get to go and say, that's daddy. Like that Abba means is translation for daddy, an intimate connection with your father. So that now we don't get to look 
in fear of judgment, fear of the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. But we get to look at the God that is those things, yeah. is those things. The wrath of God is real. The judgment of God is real. But those that are in Christ that have been adopted into sonship and daughtership get to, to portray and speak out of the Spirit of God that's within inside of them to say, Abba, Father, Daddy, intimate relationship, born from the very flesh, born from the very essence of God. Yeah created in the image of God. We are born mm -hmm. from the very essence. And the Spirit of God has given us the ability to sacrifice to Jesus, has given us the ability to look at God. Mind you, God. We're talking mm -hmm. about God. Mm -hmm. We're talking about creator of the universe. We're talking about eternal. There's no beginning. There's no end. We get to look at him and say, Daddy God. We get to look at him and say, Abba Father. And it says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, mm -hmm. that the spirit inside of us and the spirit of God go, guess, child of God. Yep. It attests, you are child of God, Very child of God. And it says, now if we are children, then we are heirs. So we're not just yeah. children, no. <laughs> but we have an inheritance for us. Mm -hmm. We have an inheritance of a kingdom that is coming and a kingdom that we get to participate in. And it says that now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So Jesus, who is innocent, that deserves to sit on the throne, mm -hmm. we are co-heirs with him. Jesus and Barabbas are co-heirs. Yeah. The innocent and the guilty are co-heirs. That we get to share in the, the inheritance of all of creation and the kingdom of God and the favor of God and the smile of God. Mm -hmm. We get to be co-heirs with one another. If, if, I, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. So what does it mean? What does Easter mean? It means that we are children of God right. in salvation, adopted, grafted into the family of God, that we get to call God dad. Mm -hmm. And that we, as his children, he has given us an heir. And we are heirs in an inheritance. And guess what? We share it with Jesus. And that, so this life that we're living, it just doesn't stop there. That we go on, and just like Peter did, Jesus kept saying, feed my sheep, follow me. We are doing that same thing. And it says, if we go through the suffering, the present sufferings of this life, that we will also share in his glory. So that we will get to share if we make it to the end in relationship with Jesus, in relationship mm -hmm. with the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Right. At the very end of this, we get to share in glory with God. And that's the beauty of Easter. That is the absolute beauty of Easter. Is that we are no longer Barabbas. Mm -mm. We are no longer identified and categorized by our Judas and Peter actions, but we are identified and categorized by the redemption of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so for you at home, I want you to kind of take a moment and go, am I in relationship with Jesus? Am I in this relationship with Jesus? Because it sounds too good to be true. A lot of people take, oh, that's too good to be true, so it can't yeah. be real. But sometimes love is love and love is real. Love is big and love is bold. And even yeah. when it doesn't feel real, just because it doesn't seem real and seem logical doesn't mean it isn't. Mm -hmm. And so if you at home have this experience and go, you know what? I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I want to take a moment and I want us to pray. And so 
as we pray, for I want to pray for you and for you to, to recite a prayer with us to make this decision to come into a relationship with Jesus. And so if you will, and if you are willing to and you want to, and this is the moment you go, you know, I want to be a child of God. I want my sin and my past washed away. I want to be a child of God. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. So dear Jesus, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you that you lived a perfect and sinless life. That I may be able to live in the favor of God. And so Jesus, I ask that you will forgive me of all of my sins that you would forgive me for betraying you, that you would forgive me for not living up to your standards, that you would forgive me for being Barabbas. And I pray that you would change my name to Son of God, that you would change my name to Daughter of God, and that you would put your Holy Spirit inside of me so that I can live a life that is pleasing to you. Holy Spirit, forgive my sins. Holy Spirit, help me to live for you and help me to make you known. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being an heir, for making me be an heir. Thank you for calling me your child. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us in the prayer. And if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or have dedicated your life, please let us know. Leave it in the comments. Send us a message. Mm -hmm. do, what, do what you have to do to let Step us know out. because we want to walk this journey with you. Right. And so that is what Easter is all about, mm -hmm. coming into a relationship with Jesus, coming into a salvific relationship with Jesus where we go, it's Jesus, one true God one true God, that there is no other God mm -hmm. other than Jesus. It's him. And it's going that, looking at what Jesus did, his sacrifice, taking on our sinfulness that we may become children of God and co-heirs with Christ, that as we make it through this life, we have a glory that is waiting for us. Right. And so I hope you take time to reflect on that this Easter, that this Passion Week, you recognize the, the gift of salvation, mm -hmm. the gift of being grafted and called a child of God. And so as we close this out and we about to go back into worship, I just want to remind you um, to join us on Good Friday and, and join us on Easter Sunday at 7 o'clock on Friday and 11 o'clock on, on Sunday so that we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together. Hope you have a, a good, good night. Enjoy worship.